1: G'day everyone, Lauren Crest, the business scientist here. Hope you're having an awesome week. So super happy coincidence, right? I'm really, really, I feel like this seems organized and it would seem like so kind of like, wow, you've really got your content shit together if I didn't tell you this next thing. But essentially, I did a few interviews a while back and they just coincide perfectly with my Monday motivation episodes over the next two weeks. Did not mean for that to happen. It just worked really well. And I was like about to release the the show or the interview that now I'm going to put out next week because I'm like that actually ties in perfectly with what we're talking about. So on Monday next week, we're going to be talking about prospecting and about client relationship management. And my guest, Floris Block, who I was going to put on today, talks like about that in heaps more detail because I like, obviously I can't cover everything in like seven minutes, and then I was like, wait, that's perfect for next week. I have to put that out next week because that just that just ties in so well. And then I was like, what, what am I going to put out this week? And I was like, oh, I've got this awesome episode I did with Julian Danilak about the five most costly email mistakes. And we've just been talking about emailing. And again, like I gave you guys some conversation starters, put some templates together for you, but that's just scratching the surface because we're doing a short episode, right? We're doing a short episode and I'm like – Here's like a one-page cheat sheet that you can use to start actioning stuff. But if you want to go deep dive, if you want to know like all those like fine-tuning details, like this is such a great episode to listen to. I learned so much from Jules. Uh, Jules has his own podcast as well, which I was on a few weeks back. Um, It's called Storytelling Secrets. There's some great guests on that show and they get really nerdy about copywriting and storytelling. So if you enjoy this podcast, you'll probably enjoy Jules's as well. So highly recommend checking that out. But stick around for this because it's always different when you're interviewing a podcaster. I love interviewing podcasters. It's like they're usually the host, right? So it's like you get a chance to hear what they're like when they're not the host of their own show. So it's so much fun. Uh, Jules and I have a great chat. Um, Like I said, five most costly email mistakes ties in perfectly with Monday. If you enjoy this show, if you can think of something like, yes, this is exactly what they need right now to give them momentum in their business, please share, share it with them. Share the love. That's what, I mean, that's what 2020 is all about. We've got to go out and support each other. So please do that. It also obviously supports me, which I really appreciate. Uh, I know there's a few more people who've been reviewing the show. It takes a while for it to come in, but you've actually reached out to me and said, hey, I've reviewed and rated the show. So I appreciate people have been doing that. um, And I look forward to seeing those ratings and reviews come in. So thank you, thank you. Anyone else out there who is uh, happy to do that, please take the time to do that. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can jump on the Facebook page and uh, rate and review the show from there. Just go to Grow Your Brand Podcast. All right. So we're just about to get on to the main part of the show. Just quickly a reminder that this Friday at 11am AEDT, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, I'll be live streaming. I'm going to actually live stream about something a bit different. I want to talk about the difference between entrepreneurs and small business founders. Because often I talk about like you know, I'm here to support entrepreneurs and small business founders, but there is a difference between the two. And I want to talk a little bit about that subject. I want to talk about what's happened in relation to 2020 and what I've seen in the market. And I think it will be really useful if you're kind of trying to find your feet a little bit at the moment. So if you've been doing business for a while, if you've been running a startup for a while, I think there's things that we can learn from each other in those two approaches to Running a business, so uh, come and check that out. Come and have a chat with me. YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook—that's where I do it. 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Would love to see you there. Final, final thing: if you want to help me keep this show going, please consider heading over to my Kofi page, and you can buy me a cup of coffee. So, essentially, guys, just so you know, like. The cup of coffee is like, it's like the price of a cup of coffee. So I might use it to like pay for my subscription. Every month I have to pay for a subscription to like run the show. Uh, Every month I have to pay to like put money behind to promote the show. Um, I've bought all this equipment that like I pay out of my own pocket. So anything that you can do to help me keep this going, it's like four bucks or something, price of a cup of coffee – on Kofi would really, really appreciate it. Just head over to ko fi.com forward slash Lauren Kress. All right, there might be a little ad break here and then we'll get on to the main part.
0: On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but
1: you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach.
0: And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad.
1: Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Of the show today. G'day everyone, Lauren Crest, the business scientist here, back with another live. And I'm here with Julian Danilak, and we're talking about email marketing and specifically copywriting and email marketing? Because I keep promising, Julian, I don't know if you know this, but I keep promising to kind of help people out with copy. I'm like, well, let's get into the actual copy. But it's a hard thing to talk about. Like, do you find it something that people are like, well, what do I actually write and, and where do I kind of start? It's kind of a bit abstract, yep. right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on the live broadcast. Really excited. It's my first LinkedIn live uh, anything so it'd be really good ah, and to answer your, okay. yeah to answer your question I had this exact problem because I read so many different copywriting books I've got a whole stack of me, uh, a whole stack of them behind me they all teach you tips techniques and secrets but then when it comes to actually including okay so what do you include what are the words you include they're all a bit vague with how you go out and do it um, yeah
1: yeah and i feel like i'm doing that to my audience so i'm so happy to have you on the show to be like all right give us that we're going to be talking about i mean we'll we're going to get into some of the mistakes people are making things to yep. avoid right so yeah i mean do, do you want to start there do you want to t- talk us through what are people yep. doing wrong when it comes okay. to okay
0: well perfect segue into one of the first mistakes And that's not knowing your customer like your best friend. Um, And I have a feeling that it's either people don't want to do the the unsexy stuff, which is put in the research, or two, they don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways you can do it is to uh, ask customers um, about their story, about why they purchased from you and, um, you know, why do they not pick everyone else? That's probably when you want to first start. It's a lot quicker than going to Facebook groups or Amazon reviews where, get little tidbits but i personally like that and my little story to illustrate this started when uh that last year okay i was doing facebook messenger chatbots i tried to create my own little niche by doing email autoresponder sequences that told a story that broke objections inside of a chatbot just like an email autoresponder would and so i gave out a few questionnaires to these clients uh, all of them or two of the, two out of the three were if you're not a good writer, you can't really articulate what you want to say. Well, um, that was one problem I noticed, mm-hmm. and then the other one, pr- problem I noticed was that uh, the other client, uh, the third one, was about to run away, saying mm-hmm. like, "I don't want to write this. I don't want to. Uh, I'm, I'm so ready to quit. Can I just not do this?" And that's when I interviewed her. I heard about her story. Mm-hmm. I heard her de- uh, her desires, her motivation for change, um, the problems she was going through, those those sort of things that she shared with her market. And then we transferred that, those, that knowledge, that story into that chatbot sequence. And then that's what, that was my first little taste of success. Um, we got like out of 115 people, 65 went through to a book, a call page. And I realized, okay, this is how you quickly tap into uh, the conversation going inside people's minds, how you quickly tap into the stuff that all the books forget to sort of. I don't know if they conveniently leave it out or they just don't want to leave it out because it's too much to go into. But uh, yeah, not knowing the market like your best friend is the first mistake. And I highly recommend you go and interview them, uh, interview your best customers.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting that you bring up interviewing as the modality to do this because I I think that's a really, really important point there. What some people do is they send out surveys and they go, oh, why did you buy this? And I'm like, well, if... Okay, one, especially in a niche where you're helping someone write, they might even not even know how to articulate that writing that exactly. down, right? But exactly. then the other thing is, is like you can't dig into it. So people go, "Oh, I know needed help," and you're like, "Well, I want to ask you some more questions about that." So when you say needed help, what did you need? Of course, I'm solving a problem. That's my business. But what particularly did you need help with, or what did you feel? And uh, I've been seeing some really exciting stuff coming out of that. Of actually, we need to have a conversation and not hmm. just be like, expect someone to just know, pinpoint straight off the bat, like write exactly. down, oh, here's, here's what I what I yeah. um, think.
0: And here's another benefit with our interviews that I absolutely love is that um, typically if you're asking someone to reveal their insecurities, their deepest, darkest secrets on a survey, they will not tell you. No way. And it, on, if you're a skilled interviewer, you can make them feel comfortable. They'll bring their barriers down. And uh, once you start warming up, you can get you can sort of really drill down. You're like, why, why were you feeling like that? Like, why were you feeling like a failure? And get down to the real bottom and the cause. Because it's a bit shallow to say, like, I felt like a failure. Um, but you could say, I felt like a failure because I felt like um, I couldn't provide for my family. I've been, try- been chasing side hustles for five years, something like that. And that could really strike a nerve in a lot of people, um, and feel they could feel the same way. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I like that. I think it's, I think it's really, it is important to get beneath that shallow sort of um, that that shallow response. And also, actually, basically, mm. kind of want to ask you because you have a podcast show as well, right? So, has yep. podcasting helped you with this?
0: With interviewing, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm on probably over 100 interviews now um, and the key is just to be curious, um, always wanting to know more and figure out the answer and not having a script. I've always found that to be really helpful.
1: Yeah, me too. Scripts are so boring. I mean and we're, we're going to be talking about like why you want to av- avoid like just templated things, right, like templates, there's all this template stuff out there when it comes to copywriting and even things like, oh, here's how you template your podcast interview. Here's how you template things. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later. Tell me about the second thing. So we've talked about get to me yeah. your customer. What's the what's the next yeah.
0: thing? Yeah. So the second mistake is not sharing the common objections that your audience has. And I'll pay a bit of context for you here. Um, I've got a story to illustrate my mistake, but a bit of the context and mistake is say, let's just say op- someone... Uh, Gives, gives you their email in exchange for a free report, free checklist or something like that. Wouldn't it make logical sense if that's a taste of what you've got um, that the emails will then pretty much break the objections that it's in order for them to then take the next step with you, which is your pay product. That's how the strategy should be, which we'll get to in just a sec. Um, but the big mistake I saw, so a, a few months back when I was trying to find a lot of clients, one of the methods I was doing was just opting into people's lists and seeing what they were doing. Opting into like over 50 lists. And, every, wow. time, and all, every time I would opt in, it'd be like, here's your free p- report. And then the next sort of five to 10 emails would just be stuck with content, just unrelated content to say their offer. Um, and it's incongruent and it, it doesn't make sense uh, to just like value does make sense, like give them value in say like content marketing or in your broadcasts. But if the whole purpose of your lead magnet is to then send them into a paid offer, doesn't it make more sense to break objections?
1: Mm, yeah that's I think I'm making that mistake actually with I don't know if you signed up to any of my lead magnets, but I was just thinking I'm like oh yeah I think I'm doing that too because I have all this content and so then I'm like well people will get used to me they'll see more of my stuff but you're so right if someone's indicated with their behavior I'm actually interested in this particular thing which is something related to what you're selling why would you not use this now as a way to uh Continue the sales conversation that you're kind of getting. So would you Would you agree with that? Is that like a right way to kind of identify? It's more like a sales yeah. conversation.
0: Uh, y- yeah, but you want to sort of you can you can still give value um, disguised as what what to do, and you can mm-hmm. still give lessons and stories how you've been a problem solver for uh, your clients or uh, how your product has solved um, their problems. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah totally. Um, it's probably a good idea that um, – fuck, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, I'll just stop there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're live. <laughs> you can make as many mistakes as you like. okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's all good. It's, it's human,
0: it's human <laughs> to stuff up.
1: Well, this is one of the things I actually like about live streaming, is it's a real conversation, right? It's not, it's not prettied up. But let's let's keep moving. I really like that um, important mistake to avoid. I mean, that one in of itself, massive game changer for heaps of people there. If they start going, okay, instead of just being like, here's more content, here's more content, actually, how do I think about their objections and manage them? And the only way you're gonna do that is if you've done the first thing, which is you need to know what your customer is actually going through in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also wanted to like add a little personal note here. I did that mistake where I built a webinar, I built a Facebook group, I pushed people through the webinar. I, and instead of just solving objections with say like stories, I just gave them a bunch of content on why chatbots were really good and the benefits on that. Um, and that's a because people might not fall in the trap like, oh, I gotta give them benefits. Oh, I've got to tell them why it's so good. Um, but is that what the customer thinking? They might be thinking, why should I trust you? Will this really work? How is this different from last time? Stuff like that. Yeah,
1: love it. All right, take us on to number three.
0: Number three is your emails lack any strategy behind them. So this segues from the last one, okay? So you might be thinking, okay, great, Jules. I need to break some objections. But how does that translate into a a a strategy one, and what do I actually do? Okay, so if you did step one and you did that interview and you've gone through a, their story, figured out why they bought from you, what motivated them to change, what was the transformation like, um, any insecurities they might have about your product or service, you want to get that all out. And so I actually did this with um, a video marketing agency and uh, you can get uh, all these examples I'm talking about, they're inside of a, a free checklist that I've got. But basically, so he had had a YouTube ad that went to an email autoresponder series. And in order for me to write a series, I didn't go, I didn't sit there and think, okay, so what am I going to write about? I asked one critical question, and that's, what's my objective? Okay. So the end objective is to book a call with these guys. Or in this case, it was just a hit reply. And then book a thing so it's really easy to get confused being like okay do i push into my blog do i push into my facebook group it's like no you just got to focus on one thing and sell that so if it's to book a call it's to sell a call and once you know that objective you want to work backwards put yourself in the shoes of the customer what would they ask before they want to purchase your product and there's going to be obvious ones like uh, even if you don't if you're not a copywriter, you put yourself in the in the um, in the shoes of customer, you might know stuff like for the video marketing agency, let's give that example stuff like why do I need video marketing? What are the major benefits to my business? Obviously, I'm not just giving stats and um, pumping up the business, I'm using customer stories of how it's helped them. Um, yeah. but then there was there was stuff inside the interview I didn't know that were we, we needed to solve as an objection. And that was people really petrified on camera. So one of the emails was solely focused on what if'm what if I'm camera shy? Mm-hmm. And the way we solved this was that uh, we had this email where uh, this real estate agent, she, she did not want to go on camera, but one of the benefits that these video agency guys had was that they had acting coaching to help you through that, to guide you through your nervousness and um, to put any fears aside and they'll, they'll, they'll be really understanding and do as many takes as you want to get you through there. And then the result that this woman had was that she had like a 75% increase in homes sold because of the videos that previously she wouldn't have never done it because... She was too shy to go on camera. So does that make sense how you can work backwards now and you just start to pull out these objections and then use stories to tie it in and that's your strategy?
1: Mm, absolutely. And, I mean, I think it's a, it's important here. I want to ask you a question. It's, it's related, but I think it's important because we, we mentioned the lead magnet thing. We kind of skimmed over it a little bit. Yep. How much more important is it? to be having that conversation and how quickly should you do it after a lead magnet versus, mm-hmm. like, people are like, well, I've got a mailing list of a 1,000 people. Like, I just send them something out. Like, what's the difference between those those different relationships that you're building?
0: Uh, your question was how quickly uh, – I was just a bit confused by the question. Could you rephrase it's it? Probably,
1: it's probably because I asked you three questions in one <laughs> go, Jules. <Joel. laughs>
0: Maybe. Maybe.
1: So, so, one is, like, that difference between, like, People go, oh, I've got a mailing list versus like someone just signed up for this lead magnet now. Yeah. So where someone signed up for free value, just want to kind of talk a little bit about there's that trigger versus, oh, I just send this out once a week. What's what's the difference there in terms oh. of strategy?
0: Oh, okay. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when someone opts into your list, um, typically you want to quote indoctrinate indoctrinate them, get them into your thinking. Um that's, that's what the whole purpose is. And we do that with an automated sequence, whether it's three, five, 10, 20 emails, it's up to you, but you're not, you're not there clicking there every single day, like send, send, send. It's a, it's in a sequence. And then typically these people with these lists that um, like you just mentioned, they're people who have you should have gone through the sequence. After they've gone through your sequence, they're now into your regular list. So whenever you broadcast stuff, it sends them. But before that, it's a good idea to walk through that sequence mm. that we've been talking about. So that strategy is like, how do we ascend them from that free th- stuff to your paid offer? And if they're not ready, that's perfectly fine because only 3 to 10% of people will actually buy straight away. And that's why you've got a broadcast list. So you're building that relationship. And some people might not buy for like a year, two year. And that's why you just got to keep showing up and uh, keep writing to them and keep, keep putting into that emotional bank account.
1: Do you think um, with the, those kind of like more okay, cool? You've been through my sequence. You haven't purchased, mm-hmm. um, but you're here. You haven't unsubscribed. You're mm-hmm. sometimes clicking on stuff. Yep. Do do you then see it as? Uh, you're still doing dealing with objections, or do you see it then as like more a content marketing piece? Uh,
0: that's a good point. So you obviously, want to do both. Um, so and, and you can do it very subtly as well. You just like you just ask that question. Like I said before, you have that list of objections come up. Why do I need video marketing? Um, what if I'm camera shy? Why can't I outsource? Occasionally, you can just. You can ask the question differently, tie in a story of your own little adventures of your life in your business. And then you want to segue that with say your offer. That's as basic as it want to get. You don't want to be hard selling. It's just always a, Oh, and by the way, this, and you see how you're going to make like that. You talk about the story. You want to bridge how it's actually related to what you got to offer and a gentle link. It's not like a super hard selling in every email. And then obviously, like you said, should there be content marketing too? But yeah. Of course, like, hey, I found this really cool article on this. I think you enjoy it too. Bang. Hey, I came across this problem with a client and here's how we solved it. And That's a two for one as well. So it shows your expertise, but it also um, gives them some value in the process. I hope that answers your question.
1: It does. It does. Sorry for asking you through. I I often do that on my show. I often go like, I've got a question and I'm going to stack another two behind it yep. and see how see what you choose. <laughs> it's like no choose problems. your own adventure. <laughs> so um, we were up to three. So we talked about, to recap, we had um, make sure you actually find out about your customers first. So that research piece, do those interviews. Yep. The second thing was, what was the second thing?
0: You got to share their... Uh- you got to break objections by sharing it with your... Co- like, i will got to go back. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I forget them. You're not sharing the common stories and objections your audience has.
1: Yeah. And then the third one was you've got to have a strategy. You can't yeah. just be like, oh, I'm just going to put anything out there. Love yeah. it. All right. Number four. And,
0: and all of these build on each other. If you don't have one, you can't do two and so on and so on. Yep. Okay. Number four. Okay. So um, if you've never written emails before... Um, there's a few persuasion principles you want to use. They're called direct response principles. If you don't know what direct response means, it's a fancy marketing word that all the copywriters nerd out about. It basically means you want to get people to directly respond. And there are dozens of these techniques and tools. And once you know them and once you see them and you read people's emails and sales copy, you'll be like, okay, they're using that one, using that one, using that one. But I can't give you 30 today. I'll give you three. Three All right, fair
1: ones.
0: enough. <laughs> Give me three good ones. And the first one is to um use a strong lead sentence. Okay, so it, it's very easy to get into the same pattern. Hi guys, welcome. So glad you I'm super excited that you're here to read this email. Okay. Instantly you're gonna lose so many people straight away. So um I love to start in the middle of the story. We spoke about this in your podcast, I think, mm-hmm. or my podcast. Um, yeah. 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 Starting in the middle of the story is also a great way to just have a strong lead sentence. That's one little tip there. Another one is to really play to people's egos and their desires. That's especially helpful if you say writing a launch, but um, I'll give you an example that's in here as well, because it's really easy to put people to sleep by, you know, just talking about the problem and slapping slapping them around with the problem, um, especially if they're new to your world, um, can be a bit jarring to them. So I've got a little example of a really bad opening sentence I wrote and then how I improved it. Would you like to hear it? Right.
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay. Uh, this was from a launch though, but the principle still lies the same, people listening. Okay. If the thought of applying for your dream job while knowing thousands of others are too gives you the shivers down your spine with a sense of hopelessness and you're looking for a fresh start... In, in all this chaos that gives you the creative freedom to be. And it's like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And my coach at the time we read, this, he's like, mate, this just puts me to sleep. We need to really play on people's desires, play on people's egos a bit more, get get them really more curious to see what's next. And here's how I improved it. There's a little known highly valued position in the creative industry that doesn't get much attention, but pays you handsomely. Even so, the people who fill these positions are highly sought after, highly admired, and best of all, highly paid. They're paid at least double compared to most entry-level creative industry jobs, starting from $80,000 to as high as $170,000. So who are they and what is this mysterious job? Okay. Big difference yeah. there.
1: Massive difference. It's We've been talking about this a bit on the show lately, which is, to me, what's so interesting about that is it's like, you didn't close the curiosity gap. I'm still curious. I'm like, wait, what's the just thing? Open it even more. Yeah, you just opened. you've just taken the little bit of curiosity mm. and you're going, yeah, let me make this wider. Oh, are you are you there? I can hear you. Oh, I think Jules can't hear me, but I can hear him. You there, Lauren? I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we're just disconnected for a second. I'm back.
1: <laughs> we could hear you. Okay. But you couldn't hear me. That's <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> That's probably me then.
1: So um, what I was saying was like, uh, yeah, you've widened the curiosity gap. Yeah, you've opened it up, and now I have to take an action to find out the answer, right?
0: Exactly. So
1: yeah. it, you, like you said, you're kind of like you're getting that. Oh, I want to know more. I want to, and I, I think it comes down to that. Like I keep saying to clients now, I'm like, we're all we always be driving curiosity. Like you always need to be thinking. How do I get someone deeper and deeper into my like web?
0: <laughs> not yep. in a
1: not in a weird, creepy way. <laughs> but um
0: <laughs> Yep.
1: I mean that, that's the that's the difference I heard. Was there other things that you were doing there in that copy as you kind of flipped that?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um really like okay, so like how do I get my, pay more hands? Like how do I get more respected? What is this job? Rather than say like um, you know like I said slapping around the problem a bit which mm-hmm. someone which is really easy to get which like don't get me wrong it is powerful to uh, bring up the problem agitate the problem and solve it but nothing beats um, something really curiosity based at the start and like I said you getting, getting starting in the middle of the story is just agonizing to not know how the story ends and that's why I love doing that mm,
1: love that love that all right so we've got one more
0: one more one more Stay with me, and my. Um, I was on a podcast yesterday with this guy called Wes McDowell, and I said, "Okay, I've left this, uh, the most unsexy one to last." And he's like, "Why did you leave the most unsexy one to last?" I'm like, "That's a really good point."
1: <laughs> so why did know. you? <laughs> You've done it again.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's oh, it's it's semi permanent now. It's on that document. Okay, this one's a big one, and people tend to ignore it because, like I said, it's not sexy. So. So, Lauren, have you ever, do you know what the Gmail promo tab is?
1: Yes, my nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> Why so do you hate it? Uh, well, because it's hard to get my emails past the promo tab. So, it's mm. good for me in the sense of being able to filter out emails. It's not great if I want to market to someone.
0: Mate. Mate there are so many big marketers who are sending out emails all the time and they're stuck in the promo tab all the time. Mm. And it so the benefit for the listener is like, okay, so why should I focus to, to, uh, to test my email so they don't go inside the Gmail promo tab? Clearly, okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a tab you have to click away from. That's number one. Number two is it's a big pitch fest. Yeah. Uh, and number three... The open rates are just like very low, like 1% to 5% or something like that. Um, Obviously, there are ways to get around it. And uh, so that's what I'm going to talk about quickly now. But the big mistake that people do is before they send an email, they will not test to see if it lands in the primary or the promotions. And I can tell you from experience, sometimes you'll be testing and testing and testing and you just want to bang your head against the wall. Like, why will you not land in the primary tab? And eventually, you just give up and be like, stuff this stuff this i'd rather just go in the promo tab than endure this pain any longer yeah Um, maybe you felt that same way before lauren
1: yeah well i did kind of and for my clients as well like so sometimes what i'll i've i worked out like some of the the simpler ways to get out of the promo tab but sometimes i'm just like i don't know why this is still in the promo tab so yeah yeah Yeah. talk us through it talk us through it
0: all right it it, like it all comes down to parking your ass and testing. Uh, it's not sexy, but you have to do it. Um, there's a whole bunch of trigger words that I've put in my free checklist. Um, so you definitely want to be trying to avoid salesy words, um, dollar, lots of dollar signs and free even stuff like free, free gift. They're not necessarily always a word, but if there's like a ratio of how many times you've used it in the email, it kicks you into promo. Um, uh Eve, uh, here's something else weird because I found this out there's a by the way if someone's really interested in nailing this there's a product from this guy called Ian Stanley it was a hundred bucks how to get out of the Gmail promo promo tab it's where I got all my secrets Amazing. highly recommend it highly recommend it hundred bucks is completely undervalued for what you get mm. um, but here's the thing as well so I'm an email copywriter and my emails are the hitting the Gmail promo tab in my <laughs> autoresponder like <laughs> crap like how do I get out? I have, to, I have to talk about email in my emails because that's what I do. I'm like, I can't get around the word email. Yeah. So I'm looking through this promo tab, uh, this cheat sheet, and he's just, and he's like, some words you need to just break them up. So like let's just say it's email, you go E hyphen mail. For some reason, they like that. Okay. Uh, really, really weird. Little quirky stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's no point in me just going through all little quirks because you would just be falling asleep. But the main way you want to test it is that first you get my checklist and you're going to see those words, and second is that uh, you just want to uh, you want to test in quarters. Okay, so you test the whole email number one, sends the promo tab. Okay, cool. I'm going to take off the bottom quarter first and then send it again and test. Okay, it's still hitting the promo tab. Going to take off the second bottom quarter, so you have got halfway left. Is it still hitting? You see what I'm doing? And you just like process of elimination. Yeah. I've even gone all the way to the top extremely frustrated. I'm like, why the hell is this still hitting it? And then that's why you have to test the subject line. And yeah. then then it's a, a long and painful way to get out of the promo tab, but that is how you do it.
1: <laughs> Love it. I mean, it's it is a really important point because, like, we're talking about the difference between like I see if my email is hitting the promo tab out of every thousand people, it's like a hundred people are opening it, which is a low, that's like 10% open rate, which for people opting into an email is a low open rate. Mm. Versus if it's not in the promo tab, we're talking like you can potentially get up to like Double, 30%, triple. 40%, even maybe 50%, right? So it's a it's a it's a worthwhile like we've been talking a lot about doing yeah. those fine tuning things on the show because it is actually what makes all the difference, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you do the numbers It's that's where the hidden money is, yeah. Um, And the good news is, it's the stuff that nobody wants to do, which means that you get more of the attention because you're not in the Gmail promo tab.
1: Yeah, love it. The only person who like is I find is like always in my my real Gmail account is Neil Patel. Neil Patel is always in my primary.
0: I think he has a few. Okay, so he have you replied to him before?
1: Yeah, I got him on my show.
0: Okay, well that's why.
1: Uh, so here's okay. a little, here's
0: a little extra secret bonus ninja hack. <laughs> if you can get people to reply to your emails one or two times, they'll land in your primary.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's oh, this like is ask- being- Yeah, sorry. Go, go. go. That's why saying?
0: I like to ask a question in my broadcasts. I like to ask a question in my first email, and even if it's not like. If you want to get another sales call with me, you're like, no, just like, like I went surfing this weekend. Do you like surfing too? Question mark.
1: Yeah. You reply, yeah, let me know. Yeah. I
0: don't know yeah. something like that.
1: Love it. This has been really good to talk through. I think there's like some really important points there. And I don't think your last point was unsexy. I think your last point was actually the, it's like for a lot of people, that's where they get stuck. Cause like, cool. I did that. I did that. I did that, but I'm still mm. stuck in the promos tab and no yep. one's. I'm doing all this work. No one's reading what I'm writing. And yep. it's good content, you know. Yeah. Um, so you have a checklist. You've mentioned it a few times. Yep. I'm obviously going to link it uh, here after we um, jump off this live stream. But can you tell us quickly where to find it and how people also can find out more about you, Jules?
0: Okay. Go to the checklist. It's fun checklist. It's julesdan.com forward slash email mistakes. Pretty Pretty easy to remember. If you want to let, get to know more about me, my world, adventures, storytelling, email, uh, copywriting, mindset, I would go check out Storytelling Secrets. That's my podcast. Um awesome. and, and it's good because
1: I was on it. So, therefore, it's good. <laughs> no, <I'm> Jake. <joking. laughs>
0: I think it's actually coming out this week.
1: Oh, there you go. Well, Storytelling Secrets, storytelling is such an important part. Po- I mean, so important for everything, and part of what we've been talking about. So yes, definitely, highly recommend going and checking that
0: out as well. Cool. Have you got cool. any, any? Have you got any random questions for me?
1: Random questions. Hmm
0: rapid fire question get to know what? you
1: okay okay he, no i don't do rapid fire questions but i do want to ask you this because you're a copywriter i'm going to put you on the spot do yep. you have any words that you really don't like or make you feel like oh really bleh, Nah, don't like that word
0: uh yeah i won't say the word moist or past because that's too generic these days but frankly <laughs> they, they aren't um no, but the, but I did actually was thinking the other day a word I did like. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I like the word mystery or mysterious.
1: Oh, that is a good word, mysterious. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I heard someone use the word so someone asked me I was at the bar the other day because we can thankfully in Wollongong we can go to the bar and uh, I was talking to the bartender and I said so I said eclectic and he's like oh that's a great word I love the word eclectic and then he's like I'm going to tell you a random fact that I learned the other day and I was like oh yeah what's that and he goes what do you call a group of parrots and I was like a group of parrots he's like you know so there's like a murder yeah. of like um, crows. crows and stuff right yep. do you know what a group of parrots is called no clue. A pandemonium, a pandemonium of parrots. How good is that?
0: Just <laughs> Does, doesn't pandemonium mean like hectic, crazy sort of? Yeah, okay.
1: But if you ever see a bunch of parrot, uh, like parakeets or like, I mean, a parakeets, parrots, yeah, I think they are. Parrots are really chaotic and frenzy-ish when they're together. So I feel like it actually really suits
0: them. That's that's true. That's pandemonium true. Pandemonium parrots. You throw a bunch of seeds at some lorikeets. Bad news.
1: <laughs> Jules, this has been so much fun um, chatting. Thanks so much for, for joining me for a chat. i um, no glad sure. we have baptised you with fire into the LinkedIn live stream world. Perhaps you'll be doing it uh, soon in the future as well.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds really good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone who's listening either today or on the replay, and you got something out of it.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, everyone. See you later.
0: No Bye-bye.
1: All right, guys, that's it from me for today. Hope to see some of you on Friday. Like I said, just head over to YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook and I'll see you there. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including EyeMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends
0: 10 2022 Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision.